Welcome to another episode of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. Uh, normally with the format of the show, I can rant and rave about certain topics, uh, politics or sports or stuff like that, but every once in a while, more often than not, hopefully, I'm going to have a guest on. And today, I am very grateful to have one of my closest friends in comedy here in Jacksonville on today, Marcus Crespo. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, baby. Nothing hey. much. Living life. So, um, plug everything you want to plug up top. What's uh, social media, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey. hey. Actually, usually I, when they ask me to plug stuff, I'm like, nah. But I actually, uh, I get my... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I just, I just, it's, it just feels weird. But I just, uh, I got uh, social media. I'm on Instagram, Marcus Crespo Besto. Uh, I just started a, uh, a Instagram with my brother with the picking stuff. The Did you? Uh, pick, Picker Brothers is okay. what we're called. So yeah, I don't. I'm just, I, and we, I think we just, he just started a YouTube channel. We haven't really posted anything yet, but we're, that's it's set up so we can start loading up. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, for anybody who doesn't know, Marcus Crespo is one of the best comedians working today. I've known you for on and off now for about four years. Yeah. I met you right before you moved to Orlando um, in Jacksonville, like in 2013. Oh, then you loaned me longer than four years. Oh, yeah. It's seven <laughs> years now. Yeah. But then I took like two years off of yeah. everything. And then you moved to Orlando. Yeah. But the whole thing with the podcast is, um, as you know. I'm a recovering alcoholic, but I still like to tell all my old battle stories and war stories and stuff yeah. about drinking and partying and doing dumb stuff. And I know you've got a couple of those. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, the weird thing is I used to never have any personal ones. It was always like somebody else got drunk. Well, because you worked at, I'm sure you've seen even when you, because you worked mall security for a long time. I worked so mall sure. security and then I worked uh, uh, Disney security. So did so. you see a lot of like. Fucked up people doing that. Oh God, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they sell booze at Disney? Because every yeah, time that yeah. I went, I wasn't yeah, drinking. Yeah, now they do. Now they do at the even in the parks now. They got because before like, it was just it was like a, a drive. Yeah, dry it was in the like, parks, like the Disney Springs. You could get it, but you couldn't yeah. get it in the park. And in Epcot, they had food and wine. Yeah, the Ep I remember yeah. Epcot. Yeah, but then they, they started the serving uh, alcohol, like like beer and stuff in in like the parks. Yeah, and I think now they got like cocktails and stuff at certain restaurants. That's got to be. That's got to be dangerous, though, with all those oh, kids running uh, around and stuff. It's yeah, because I mean, what the, I mean, the thing is, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a weird mix. It's a dangerous mix. I mean, there's some there's some pretty especially Epcot because Epcot was for the longest was the only park of the four yeah. that served alcohol in the park. And man, we had some stories, man. Well, because I remember when I was when I was drinking, I would go so far out of my way to like keep drinking. You, does that make sense? So like yeah. if I like when my ex fiance and I would go to Disney because we were annual pass holders and like if I was drinking at the time and we went to like Epcot, I would like just live on those $12 beers and I didn't even drink beer, yeah. but I was like, no, we can't. Let's not do anything. Let's just sit here in the bar and drink. So I is imagine it, that is it, is it kind of like the same concept of like, I'm not a, I'm not an alcoholic, but I'm, I'm, I'm a chubby guy and I can eat. And so, like, like you go to a buffet, let's say, like, a, like during like dinner hours when they upcharge you a little bit, and you're yeah. like, I paid fourteen ninety nine. Well, I'm gonna get my fill. It's it's kind of like that, but it's also one of those things where there's so much stuff going on around you. But the only thing that I wanted to do was drink. So I'm like, why would we go on these rides? Or like, why would we go walk around and look? Let's just sit here and drink. And it's like we drove two and a half hours so I could sit and drink twelve dollar beers, and I don't even drink beer. So I couldn't imagine like. Because I know there are people like that who go to these parks, like probably like dads 
where their kids yeah. want to go, but they don't really want to be there. So they just are like, well, let's just get fucked up and have a good time. Like, did you ever have to escort anybody out of the park or like wrestle with anybody or anything like that? Actually, I'm, um, I, I, I've, I'm one of the few people during my time that actually got physical with somebody. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not typically allowed. It's like, it's a no, no. Normally, Normally, under most circumstances, you get physical with someone, you're gone. That's your that's your walking papers. Okay. Um, but this guy was on PCP or something. Uh, he was at one of the resorts, and he was like in the swimming pool after the swimming pool hours. They, they had like eleven o'clock curfew on the pool. Yeah. And uh, they were splashing around. It they got like noise complaints. Okay. So I go there and I I'm like uh, and I I I pause on the radio and like, what do you have? I'm like, well. I'm trying to politely describe it on Disney radio, but there's yeah. a there's a man who's basically nude in the pool. Oh god. He was yeah, he was down to his tidy whities and it was wet. So I mean just dong flapping. So yeah, yeah, you could yeah. <laughs> so at the um, Disney Resort pool. Oh, and I mean so that I I was like, what how why is Regency following me? You know, like yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Marcus works security at Regency Square Mall, which is one of the most notorious malls in the country for yeah, violence definitely in florida it, it's crazy how 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 far, uh, far that reputation precedes it i've done shows in south carolina and i go i used to work at a mall called regency square mall Indeed. and they're like people are like yeah I'm like, you get i've done shows with you where you get full-on like minute-long applause breaks for that yeah when you it, mention regency that, yeah, because it's so notorious so weird uh i've gotten out of a couple tickets uh spe- like speeding tickets really yeah i was on the way home at one time and a, and a cop stopped me and he goes, uh, "What's your hurry?" I'm, I'm just trying to get home. It's tired. I came. I work at I work mall security. He goes, "Where?" And I go, "Easy Square Mall." And he goes, Ugh. <laughs> he "Oh does, God!" He does that noise. Um, but uh, yeah, so this guy, he's he's in the pool. He's like, he's on something. He's definitely on something. And I, I'm like, "What do you want me to do? What do you want me to, you know?" And they're like, "Well, we're gonna send someone to assist, you know." And I was like. We're just gonna stand or look at a guy. We're not supposed to put our hands. Yeah, because you're not like that's the company policy. So yeah, touch him. Yeah, so like we're like, sir, can you please get out of the pool? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. whatever. He's just like just incoherent, just kind oh. of yelling and screaming. And then um, apparently uh, a supervisor comes out, and he looked like a cop the way he was what the way he was wearing. He looked like a detective or something. Yeah, and it freaked the guy out, and he like hopped the fence, and he's like running around and stuff. And uh, he he's running towards this little river. It's called like the Saskagula Waterway. It it it, tra- it, it connects that resort to down uh, Disney Springs. Okay, okay. And there's it's loaded. Oh, is that with- like where you could take the ferry and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Okay. But it's it, like, I mean, this is even before that incident with the gator and the kid. Yeah. I'm. We all knew there's gators all in yeah, the waterway. It's the middle of Florida. Yeah. It, it's a swamp. It's a yeah. Fucking swamp. So. Uh, so we, it's so like, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's so weird when people come to visit. Yeah, and they're like, "Are there gators?" It's like, yeah, they're get everywhere. Everywhere there are gators. Yeah, it's Every central water, Florida. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't Every have any body of water, assume there are snakes and gators. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, what about fences?" I don't know if you know this. Uh, fucking gators can climb fences. Yeah, I've seen those it's videos. It's crazy. It's nuts. Um, and so they're they're like, "There's gators there." I mean, you know, we got reports of it tonight, and they're like, "Don't let them get in the waterway." And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Do what you must. And I was yeah. like, yeah. So I like halt, sprint hall and Pele kicked this dude's legs from under him and then like, sh- and like threw his shoulders down. And then like for a minute, for a minute, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do the rest. Like, cause I really didn't see, I would go for like a, like a rear naked choke yeah, yeah. or arm bar or something, but I just like, <laughs> or something, you know, something violent. Yeah. Um, and I, but I just like, it, I just end up sprawling on him, like put my hands just laying on him. Yeah. Just, just like, <laughs> just like, stay down. 
down, please. Like, please don't please make don't me choke you. Yeah. <laughs> don't please, make me hurt you. Don't ma- don't let the demons emerge. You know? <laughs> See, uh, that's crazy because I couldn't imagine being in that position where they're like, "Hey, you need to protect billions of dollars worth of property." And if, you know, God forbid something were to happen, like everyone's going to sue because it's Disney. Yeah. And they're like, but you can't touch anybody, which yeah. I, I mean, I guess goes with that same logic. That- yeah. There, I mean, there's protocols, though, like uh, the, a lot of people don't know this, but like on site on Disney property, uh, they have people that work for the FBI, the CIA, Secret Service. They, oh really? Yeah, yeah. They, oh oh yeah. yeah, because it, I'm sure it's a terrorist target. Yeah, it's a, like it, they call it a tar- uh, soft target. Uh, okay. A lot of people after 9/11, yeah. uh, there was like uh, Disney ca- Disney maps in like Osama bin Laden's caves. That's what they were telling us in their training and stuff. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Some of it is like, was this true or just some weird sensation? Because it was a lot of like weird sensationalism. sensationalizing. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, but it was just it was just weird. I never thought the Regency stuff would follow me. Um, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Because when you were at Regency, I'm sure, because I used to go everywhere fucked up. So I'm sure there were people who were at the mall, like, just oh God. wasted oh God. trying to steal stuff. Unbelievable, and, yeah. I've, and you never really think, like, oh, let's get drunk or let's get super messed up and go to the mall. Yeah. But you were there. Like, that was your job to be there every day. So I'm yeah. sure you saw it on. Yeah, they pre-gamed and then, you know, or they would get a little tipsy, go to the mall and then drink at the parking lot and, like, parking lot pimp, like, basically, like, holler at girls and stuff. Okay. They would just like. Lawyer, I was just about yeah. to ask what would, what would be the the benefit to going to the mall fucked up, but I guess yeah. yeah if you're gonna, most people can't talk to women unless they're yeah. kind of drunk. So yeah, liquid courage, man. Yeah. And, um, and, or is I mean, or just hey, kicking it with the boys and then you see yeah. some some juicy asses or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. It's in Regency is the spot to find it. Yeah. So, so did you ever have to? Obviously, you've had to remove people physically from the mall. Oh God. That were like all oh, drunk Jesus. and stuff. Yeah, a lot of times we we beat them up and then we trespassed them. Okay. And then they then they left. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Usually on their own or or with the like in a squad car or something, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you that about Disney. You have there's police because I like I said we were pass holders and stuff. So they're police on site like all over yeah, Disney. They have their own. They have their own like uh, the Disney's so big that it covers two counties technically. Is Osceola County and Orange County. Okay. Uh, most of it is Orange County, and then they got Osceola County. Now, Orange County um, has their own division just for Disney calls. Like its own uh, substation mm-hmm. just for Disney? Yeah, they, they only answer Disney calls. Okay. Orange County does it. So you Osceola can tell, County doesn't. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Osceola County does it. And you can tell the, like, the professionalism difference. Like, the Orange County cats are a little bit older. They're a little more polite, sir, ma'ams. Whereas Orange County's like... Where's this motherfucker? You know, like it was very yeah. like, yeah, because they're like they're responding to stuff in Kissimmee too, yeah, and then have to go to like deal with Disney, and they're like, I don't care, I don't care what your stupid rules are. Right? <laughs> We're choke slamming somebody today, yeah, because yeah. or- Orlando's crazy because it's like one of the like a lot of people think, oh, Orlando, they think Disney and like Universal and yeah. stuff like that, but I mean, every city, anybody who lives in a major city knows that there's always rough parts to the city, yeah. So I'm sure some of the Osceola County cops and even the Orange County cops that have to deal with gang violence or drug busts and stuff like that, then they show up to Disney and they're kind of like, what? What yeah. are we doing here? Well, I mean, and also I always tell people like Disney's, I think it's like 40, 47 square miles. Is the how property? Big, is how big. It's Holy roughly God. the size of Manhattan. Okay. Roughly the size of Manhattan. So imagine how much crime would happen on Manhattan on any given day. Yeah. You know, and then you factor in people from other cultures where... Certain rules and protocols are just not 
that's not yeah that's true know? too because you get people from all over the world mm-hmm. like that's their main yeah did you ever have to beat up someone who wasn't who was like didn't speak any never mind let's not go down well it wasn't it, 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 not at disney at, at regency oh we i beat up all languages all yeah. genders all ages. well and I, the only reason i asked that is because like you see in the war movies yeah, where like they'll break down a door and they're screaming like "Get down, get down!" But no one in the room understands what they're saying. Yeah, so I couldn't imagine how. Fr- that's the reason I ask is I couldn't imagine how frustrating that would be for them and for you, where you're like, "Stop what you're doing!" But they don't understand what you're saying, so they keep doing it, and yeah. it's just kind of like a, a lack of commu- You know? Oh no! I mean, what we that, have here is a failure to communicate. I, now I've had like I, I used to work back the back access gates. And basically, like, uh, where only the employees or VIP or executives can go through. Yeah. And no, no guests are allowed. Okay. And I've, I've had people, uh, for some reason, the GPS would, would send taxi drivers back there. Oh, really? And they would, they would drop them off at the end of my exit gate. And they would, I would see people with strollers. And, and a lot of them are Brazilian. So, they, you know. You don't speak Portuguese. Yeah. And so it turns into this weird, fucked up game of charades where you're doing, <laughs> you know. Well, and that's uh, what I mean is yeah. because. It's it's one of those things where you're dealing because I know working in the restaurant industry when I have people who come in and there's a language barrier, then, you, you know, there's a lot of pointing and like kind of, you know, because I can speak a little bit of Spanish, but like enough yeah. to get someone's order. But yeah. if it's any other language, I'm kind of like, yeah. just point to what you want and I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. But I couldn't imagine like with no visual cues or visual kind Ooh, of reference, yeah. like how difficult that could be. Like you're just kind of standing there like I'm. Born and raised Floridian, like I don't know what yeah. you want me to do. Like, it's so it's so weird. Though. Like it, they always say, like when you live in an area where people speak Spanish or whatever language, you start picking up on it. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, I, like at one point, I used to I used to know like greetings in like seven different languages. Oh, really? Like ha- like welcome to welcome to Magic Kingdom yeah. and stuff, you know. And I would say that, but they would, they would try to like talk to me and like no no no, no. that, that was just that what? was just a ceremonial thing. <laughs> one of the main phrases I learned. Um, in Spanish was Spanish is my second language. So yeah. I can say that in Spanish. La idioma de español me de idioma. Yeah. And whenever I, I say that, like sometimes I'll say it to tables like trying to show off and then they immediately just like forget all the English they they know and they just <laughs> only speak to me in Spanish. And I'm always like, oh, that's actually one of the only phrases I know <laughs> is how to say Spanish is my second language. Oh, that's a dangerous phrase. Yeah. So <laughs> I've, I've stopped doing it, but I originally learned it just because it's it's simple words, you know. Yeah. How do you say Spanish? How do you say language? How do you say second? Yeah. Um, but I originally learned it because I took four years of Spanish in high school, then I took four years of Spanish or three years of Spanish in college. So I was actually pretty good at Spanish, like almost fluent. And so I was like, I would always like try to show off when I could. Yeah. And then you know you don't use it ever, and then you forget yeah. it. And so now one of the only things I remember how to say is Spanish is my second language. That's hilarious. But then that's it. Then I I don't have anything after that. So you went to Orlando when? What year did you go to Orlando? Um, basically early 2014. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a story I did want to ask you about. Because mm-hmm. so. For the listeners, Marcus and I, like I said, I came to Jacksonville in 2013, and that was to go to rehab. And then when I got out of treatment, I started doing stand-up again in the area. That's where I met Chris Buck. I met you. I met um, – I think I met Christina Shriver at that time. Yeah. Baker was around. Uh, Trevor was around, I think, was, just barely. Was Dalton and Rizzo around? No, they, they, no, they just left? No, 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 no. Spencer was still here. Okay. Um, 
but I did it for about a year, if that, and then I fell off the wagon and then kept telling people I was a comedian but stopped going to shows. But I remember I was following you on social media, and at, and that, at that point you had moved to Orlando. Yeah. And then when I came back into the comedy scene around 2018, we were at Dahlia's, and I walked up to you and I was like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And you couldn't remember me. I could tell you had no idea. You were like, hey, man. And then I dropped the whole, like, how was Orlando? And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm back. It was good. And then you it kind of you were like, oh, so I know this person from before. And I had mentioned to you, I was like, yeah, I saw that picture of you with Burt Kreischer on his social media. And then you had said something oh, about I, I, oh, he, he posted that on his. Yeah. Remember, I told oh, I, you I didn't, I didn't remember that I was going through his stories. This was years ago, but I was yeah. going through his stories and there's a picture of him like shirtless at a party and you were in the background and I brought that up to you and you said it was some sort of radio party. Or oh, something? yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was a radio thing for uh, 104.1 Monsters in the Morning. OK, and that's um, a big station in Orlando. Yeah, it's right? one of the, it's one of the one of the bigger morning uh, morning uh, stations. Um, and what the main guy in there is a guy named Russ Rollins, and he has a, like a wrestling background. Pro, like he, I think he at one point he's uh, wrestled for TNA for a little bit, okay, or something like a crossover thing. There's a and, lot of wrestlers. I sidebar, but there's yeah. a lot of wrestlers that live in Florida. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Tampa, Tampa, and Daytona, uh, Tampa more so WWE guys. Daytona, a lot of the old WCW cats. Yeah, that that's I met Kevin Nash um at a place in Daytona. Yeah, he lives there. Um, he lives in Ponce, yeah, right yeah. outside Daytona, but I had met him, and I remember the first time I ever met him, I had walked in, I was working at this, uh, like, salon type thing, and he knew the owner, so he would go in there sometimes to talk to the owner, yeah. and I remember there's this long corridor, and I go in the back door, and I hear this voice as I'm walking down the corridor, and I was like, I would know that voice anywhere, because I was a huge Wolfpack NWO yeah. fan, and oh, then sick. I turn the corner and it's fucking big, sexy Kevin Nash oh, sitting yeah, in dude. one of the salon chairs, like just talking with the owner of the salon. And I was like, what salon was it? Do you know? It was, it was called Sunmaster. So they did like tanning hair and nails and stuff. The no, no, reason why I ask is, uh, you know, Casey Crawford, his mom runs the salon. Oh, really? Yeah. He, like Casey used to do Kevin Nash's hair. Oh, really? Or, or his mom did it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I didn't know if that was the same. Well, song. no, he he came into the he came in there just to kind of talk to the owner because he worked out at a bodybuilding gym literally across the street. And in downtown Daytona, the streets are real small. Yeah. So he literally like park his Mustang, go in and work out, and then come across the street just to say hi to the owner. Nice. And I remember I saw him and I was like, I because I was like 18 at the time. And I just oh, remember sick. looking at him and I went like, you're Kevin Nash. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, you're big, sexy Kevin Nash. <laughs> and as he, he left and as he was walking to his car, I was talking to the owner, uh, my buddy, and I go, hey, that, how do you know Kevin Nash? And he told me the story. He goes, hey, you know what you should do? You should run out there and give him the little wolf pack. Oh my and God. I was like, I'm not going to run out in the middle of the street and give him the wolf pack. He goes, yeah, you are because you work for me. Because I was working there at the time. Oh. And he did it because he, he, like, he did it out of love because he knew I wouldn't have the balls to do it unless, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there was a consequence. Yeah. So I ran out and I go, Kevin, Kevin. And he turns around and he goes, What's up, man? And I went, Ow! And he rolled his eyes and just kind of did it back to me. And I walked back into the store and I was, like, shaking. I was so happy. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. But so you were in Orlando with Russ, would you say Russ Rollins? Russ, yeah. Russ Rollins is the, Rollins. Is the main guy on, on Monsters in the Morning. He's, friend, he's good friends with Hulk Hogan. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I had I had this uh this friend uh named Rhonda. It was I, I kind of liked her, but like she she was like a queen of like random plans, and I was just like I was on on my big like 
if someone tells me to do it, I got to do it kick. Remember yeah. I was talking about when, that? When, well, yeah. But when Yes se- Band came out and everybody yeah, yeah. was like, we'll just say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, dude. The 2017 version. So, and I, every every random plan I had done with her, it was like, I had just had so much fun. So we, I forgot what we did. Like, I went to a dentist appointment with her and then we went like, went to dinner and apparently she he, she knew all these guys that ran restaurants. So we just like oh, that's had cool. lunch for free and stuff. And then uh, we ended up going back back to her uh, her place or whatever and like, like hanging out and stuff and then she goes hey uh we're gonna do something to, we're gonna uh go to a pool party in the morning i'm like who does pool parties in the morning yeah out of context that seems incredibly odd yeah and i was like you know what i've been having a lot of fun just doing these random plans with her so yeah so we like wake up super early and we get there and uh, there's already a bunch of people there and then they got to, to do the radio broadcast because they yeah. start like at 6 30 yeah yeah and uh i'm like what's going on and and the weird here's the weirdest thing though. At this point, a lot of the a lot of uh, people had seen me do comedy shows. I, I host a lot of the improv, and so people were making a big ruckus about me showing up. It was oh, really weird. Awesome. And then I look, I'm like, is that Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart on the? And then Burt Kreischer's just chilling. Uh, Ross Paget did a set, bombed. Really? <laughs> he bombed. <laughs> but then he then he t- then he addressed how bad he was bombing, and then won him back. Yeah, yeah. He's so charismatic, dude. But he was he was tanking it. It was funny watching Hogan just be absolutely bored. That's <laughs> dude, awesome. Yeah. And uh, at one point, uh, Burt Kreischer. Just took a shirt off, and then they're like, "Take your shirt off!" And I took my shirt off, and I I have a, a picture. So I'm like, it's deep in my deep in my Instagram. Yeah. It's like me, Burt Kreischer, and some other random chubby dude. Um, and then um, I actually was gonna go hang out with him. He wanted he wanted me to go with him and a couple other guys to go hang out at Hooters, but I had d- drove with the uh, Rhonda girl, your friend. Yeah. yeah. And like part of me is like, I should have hung out with Burt Kreischer. That probably would have been. A, but also, you know, I kind of like that girl. Yeah. Well, I've actually had a similar experience with the 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 kind of the hangout thing when he played at the yeah. Florida Theater. You know, he always announces, "Hey, we're going to go to this bar after the show." Yeah. Um, and because I don't drink, it's really weird just kind of standing around at a bar. I know our friend Stephen Baker has that really funny joke about having the AA chip in yeah. his wallet, so in yeah. that way nobody asks him if he wants to drink, which I I think I need to do more often because we all after the show we all went to this bar. And we're all just kind of waiting for him to show up. Now, I've been doing comedy on and off for t- 10 years now. You've been doing comedy over a decade. Yeah. And you you know, it's one of those things where when you get done with a show, there's there's a lot of stuff that you kind of do before you leave. Yeah. Because we've been at shows before together that we've been on. And the show might end at 10, but we're not getting out of there till almost midnight. Because, yeah. you know, all the comics are talking to each other. We're kind of like shooting the shit and talking about bits and punching up jokes. And yeah. by the time we turn around to actually leave, it's like yeah. midnight. Yeah. And depending on the show, getting paid, too. You know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. God, that's the worst. Yeah. Is waiting for the them to. Oh, God. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it was the end of the Florida theater show and I had to be up super early for work the next day because I was working at my day job at the the breakfast restaurant. And I remember we went to the bar and we literally stood because the bar's packed now because everyone from the Florida theater came over and we stood outside for it must have been an hour and a half, maybe two hours. No, it wasn't. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah. And finally, I turned to my girlfriend and I was just like, you know, maybe we should just head out like I'm sure eventually down the road with me doing comedy and, you know, we were planning on moving to a big city. I was like, I'm sure eventually I'll run into him again and, you know, then I can hang out with him. And so we left. And then I see all these 
posts because you know I ran into a few friend of friends of ours there, and I see all these posts of them with like Bert like hanging out till like <laughs> three in the morning, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, dude, I should have stayed. Yeah, it's one of those things because like, um, I mean, honestly, that's what, ultimately that's what caused me to get fired from Disney was like just just uh, burning the candle both ends, yeah, you know, that type of thing. But it, but looking back, like so many cool memories. Like there was like the times hanging out with like brian Posehn until yeah. the wee hours of the night and kyle canane and all these different guys and then the whole, all the dudes from the uh, improv you know uh hanging yeah, out because with you cats. were hosting at the improv for a yeah, while yeah i was like, i had almost i would say like a residency but i was like i was a very reliable host for yeah. them and i lived in the city at the time so it was a, a lot easier and uh man it was it was cool man i i i don't i never had a bad experience like some people get have like bad host experience with like a diva comic or something. I never did. I never did. That's I, I awesome, got super man. lucky. Um, I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with the fact that you understand kind of your the order of things. Yeah, and I and I and I give them space. Like, yeah, that's I, what I mean. Like, that's exactly I, I try, what I, mean. I try to like even if I'm super. I did, the the worst time I ever marked out and for for a comedian was a uh, Howie Mandel. Yeah. Uh, only because that, that was like the first comic I've worked with that my parents actually knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most of them were like, they're big and like, you have to either watch the shows they're on or something like that. But this was the first household name. Yeah. That, well, I don't want to say household name that it was the first household name that they cared about. Yeah. Like yeah. I worked with I like Screech and a couple of other guys, but you know. But this is the first one where your parents were like, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's yeah. so bizarre how comedy works because you and I are so involved in it. That like if we go to a show or we see a random comic that we love, yeah, and you bring it up to other people and they kind of give you that weird look, yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, like I wear, um, because you know I'm obviously a huge fan of Tom Segura, so yeah. I wear a lot of his merch just out in the world, like the Thick yeah. Boy Nation stuff, and um, and the Mystic Rick shirt that I always wear to the AEW we, events, yeah. um, but it's so bizarre because like random people will come up and be like, oh, I love your shirt. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, obviously, everybody loves Christina P. and Tom Segura, like your mom's house. Like, what's up? Yeah, yeah. But then there are people who more often than not, like, give me this weird look. And I'm like, oh, yeah, not everybody follows comedy yeah. like I do. Yeah. So it's just so bizarre because you've worked. Kyle Kinane is one of my favorite comedians. And you've you've opened for him a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, I hosted for him once and I featured for him once. Yeah. See, and like that's all. And that was all in Orlando, right? Uh. No, one was in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Yeah, one, that was the that was the first one of the first times I remember meeting Trevor. Uh, Trevor Johnson was yeah. supposedly he, had, he was supposed to get a host spot there, you know. And then I rolled up in town. And it's basically like because you no. were living in Orlando at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's Buck was like, "What are you doing in town?" And I was like, "Wonder watch a show." <laughs> I, I had to take care of some family stuff or whatever, and I was like, "Well, well I'm here." Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other weird thing with comedy is it's very much like I've driven. I've driven six hours in a night to do a five minute set, the the oh, Bug Nutty Brewery. God. But that's only because the guy who was running the show also books a festival. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I want to get out in front of this guy. Yeah. So we drove uh, it was me and Baker drove it was like those uh, two and a half hours, almost three hours down, and then two yeah. and a half, almost three hours back. The, I call those the best foot forward shows. Yeah. You, put your, you better put your best foot forward. <laughs> yeah. or you're like, someone's going to find you in a bathroom. Time. I've got, I've had some horror stories. Of, one time I drove to Miami to do a show and, and I didn't even get to go up. Really? <laughs> I was so mad. And then I met the, I met the dude I was hosting that night. Yeah. You know, he was just the host. He wasn't the guy that normally ran the show, but he was the host that night. And I saw him and like the first thing I saw, and it's a little guy. He's a little tiny guy. 
Um, and yeah, don't guy, you know Elgin? Elgin David? You no. remember? Okay. He's a Miami guy. I didn't know if you... Oh, yeah. Because I but, started uh, but, uh, So, hey, man. Hey, uh, a while back, I wanted to murder you. And he was like, what? <laughs> or I, or I think I wanted to... Po- I said, I wanted to powerbomb you through a table. <laughs> and then he just, like, he didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then I explained the situation. And But he was just running. The, he had, you know, he had a time constraint, all that stuff. But he didn't... I didn't really explain myself real good. Like, hey, I drove from Orlando. It was like a five-hour drive because of traffic. Yeah. You put me up for at least five minutes, you know? Yeah, that's what I actually do. Whenever I go out of town now, um, I do that weird social media stock where I'll find the person hosting the show, and then I'll see if we have, like, any mutual friends on Facebook or see who follows them on Instagram. And then that's – I told you about this, but when I went to Orlando, uh, there's a very funny comedian out there, Kermit um, Gonzalez, and I – went to the show and i was like hey man um i'm friends with marcus crespo he told me to talk to you if i'm ever in the area and i drove from jacksonville and as soon as i dropped your name he was just like (laughs) yeah cool man you'll go eighth all right and i was like all right sweet yeah because i've had that happen too where you go just to go to like especially when i was first getting back into comedy in 2018 where you'd kind of show up and just sit in the corner and you didn't really want to bother anybody and yeah you, you feel like kinda, you're intruding and stuff yeah, yeah. well and it's weird too because like when i did the show in dayton i didn't know any of the comics and you know yeah. it's weird that we do comedy because not in our natural environment we're not very extroverted people like I when I go to the gym, I've got my headphones in and my hoodie up like I don't talk to anybody. Yeah. But, you know, when I'm at work because I work in a restaurant or when I'm on stage, it's yeah. a different muscle. And I know you're the same way because I've yeah. been out with you before and you don't really yeah. approach anybody or kind of talk to anybody like me. Like yeah. unless you know them, it's kind of just like, yeah, Now I, I used to be on all the time. I used to be that guy. Oh, really? Uh, but the thing was, that was before that was before I became a professional that guy you know what I mean? yeah. like uh so i learned to tone it down plus i've learned like people they generally it's one thing if you're doing a sketch or, or you're doing something where it requires you to be over uh with an extra or whatever yeah. uh but if you're just kick, kicking it with the boys or, or talking shop just calm down man just be chill you know yeah, that see, type I'm, of thing. I'm in that mode yeah because i remember when i was younger i was like kind of on all the time because yeah. i loved the attention yeah. but now that you know, before the pandemic, obviously we were on stage three, four, five times in yeah. a week, and you're just kind of like, "All right, I'm good." Like, I don't want to have to do this all the time. Yeah, and it's weird because we've we did that show in Gainesville um, that you brought me to, and after the show, there were those people that wanted to talk to us after. Oh yeah, and it's always the same like seven questions, and I love talking to people after the show. Yeah, but because I love to talk about comedy. Yeah, but it's so bizarre because after like the same seven questions, I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, like now we're just gonna stand here in awkward silence. Yeah, it, it just feels like a uh, like a movie star on a, on a, a press junket for their new movie release. Yeah, where they get asked the same stuff. They're like over and over. Yeah, and, over. and you, now I understand it. I understand the, those like uh, clips where you, you see the actors be real sarcastic with interviews. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get it. When someone asks you for the like seventh time or eighth time in a night, where do you come up with your material? You're just kind of like, did you not listen? Like their yeah. stories. Or you answer in a way that's fun for you and not yeah. for them, you know? Then they get mad. Yeah, yeah. They get really mad. <laughs> well, you and I, because we both tell a lot of stories on stage, and I yeah. know that's not how you started. You started as a, a one-liner, I was one-liner comedian. A dry-ass one-liner comic. Yeah. <laughs> All my energy just wasted on dry-ass one-liners. For those of you who don't know, Marcus Crespo is very similar to me in the energy and intensity that he brings on stage. Yeah. So imagine that. 
not happening at all. Yeah, just just or imagine like Chris Farley esque, Sam Kinison type. Yeah, doing Mitch Hedberg one liners. That's that's it, insane. That's yeah, because that's that was my that was my dude, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, and I tried to do his one liners, and it's just bombing, just bombing, bombing hard because they weren't even that clever, you know. And then I remember you told me a story about you had said something to Buck or somebody, a friend, and they go, "Why don't you talk about that on stage?" And that was kind of your turning it was point. Buck. I think it was Buck. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were just kind of like, yeah, why don't I do that on stage? Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. Cause I, I just went on, I just didn't know Mike. I did, I did five minutes of my driest, dumbest bullshit. And then, um, afterwards I sitting around, we're just shooting a breeze, just talking shop. And then we start talking about the mall. They're like, oh, you work mall security. And That's then, what it was. Okay. Yeah, I and then was... I was like, yeah, so anyway, so there was a the time where I fist fought a pregnant woman. And they're like, what the yeah. hell? You know, and then they were losing their minds and me just telling. And it was I was doing it. I wasn't even doing them like a, like a bit. I was just telling, telling them, them very matter of factly. Yeah. And they were just like, like almost like jaws wide open. Like, what? Why are you wasting yeah. air talking these? Well, stuff? and I love your stories because. Um, you're more intense than I am, and I'm always a really intense guy. And yeah. I, so I love. It's funny because I've been to hundreds of the shows with you and seen, yeah. you know, all sorts of different sets that you've done. And still to this day, I'll go to a show and I've heard the joke a thousand times, but it still cracks me up just the way you deliver it with the intensity. And you're like, what? Ah! Yeah. And it's my favorite thing in the world because we're around a lot of comics who are very. <clears throat> Just kind of, I don't know, like, I don't want to say, like, sad or something. I mean, it's like a self-deprecation thing, yeah. which is what something that I do on stage all the time. But some of it is, like, sometimes they'll get real political or they'll get real, like, yeah. vulgar and, like, which I don't care. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just kind of, like, it's a nice break to have someone, like, tell stories that I like to hear. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you get in a room full of comics and it's we're uh, i've been at shows with you where i won't say the comics name but we're looking at each other like okay they're going to torpedo this entire show for us because they want to talk about all this super dark stuff that nobody in the room is getting they're not reading the room at all they just want to talk about what they want to or they go up like super drunk or super stoned yeah and 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 you get what and then like we're we're, we're got similar styles then you kind of get like a i want to say stressed out but you're like I just wanted to go up there and do my set. Now I have to dig up. Dig they have to the reset hole. the room. Yeah, and it's like now, now it becomes work. Yeah, you know, so I don't get that fun. It becomes a job now. Yeah, and you I know? know we've done because in Jacksonville before the pandemic, we had a lot of mics and stuff going on, so we could try out new material, which yeah. was awesome for us. And I remember you and I have had this conversation before, but I wanted to get it on the record. I've had I remember talking to you about it where it's like. A lot of people would just get really, really fucked up and then be like, I want to try comedy. Yeah. Because people look at it and they go, I could wing that. Like, I'm funny around my friends. And you and I have been doing it long enough to even if you've done a couple open mics, you understand that it's like, oh, it's not like that. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's it's the the mastery of of stand up is either one of two things is happening. Comics are doing so poorly that it looks like, well, anyone could do it. Or we make it look so easy. Others yeah. make it look so easy. They're like, oh, okay. He's just telling stories. Yeah. You know? They don't know that we've like, it's actually three different stories kind of put together and we've taken yeah. so much stuff out and we've kind of like, we've worked really hard and we've tried this story out a hundred different ways. And now we're like, we finally have it honed in. 
like you said, and I guess it's a it's a, a credit to people who do stand up comedy very well. But people watch yeah. it and they go, "I can do that." Yeah, like that doesn't look honestly. So hard. It's like it's like 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 sketches, like sketch comedy. Uh, like I, I just went to Orlando and I did a film, help film a bunch of sketches with uh, Kermit and Jay Rika and John uh, Felipe and a couple other cats, and um, and then I saw a bit. I I got to see Ben Brannard, uh, yeah. who's who's been blowing up on TikTok and stuff, and I didn't realize the the meticulousness of his little videos like some of like you you can feel how you want to about the the jokes and the stuff like that but the the editing and everything is is it's unbelievable how meticulous this kid is yeah so for those of you who don't know we're talking about uh ben brainerd who does the table on instagram and tiktok where he plays the personification of different states. Yeah. And he just basically has a round table discussion and you can tell when you watch it because there's a lot of cuts and the editing and the timing and all that because yeah. he does it all by himself. Yeah. Well, he, I think now l- lately he's been, he's been cause, cause uh, he's, he's on Patreon. He's, and he's killing it on Patreon. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big dick move. He puts his, he puts the number that people are contributing like right there on the front page. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can see exactly oh, okay. how much money he's making. Yeah. He's, uh, he's killing it. I looked him up and I was like, dang, man. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's not like, like some of these people that make like $10,000 a month, but still it's, it's not far from that number. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, but he, uh, because all these, uh, people, uh, contribute the, like they contribute jerseys and stuff and they give him recipes and stuff so he can include them in there and like for example he like when he films he films like even like pauses like you know because like if, let's say how we're talking how yeah. fluid it is well imagine if it was just you in here trying to talk to me you pretending you're me so you go and say something and then i go and and then you have to film that and yeah and then it's so it, that's you don't weird. realize how difficult it is and yeah. then during this whole quarantine when everything first started you I know you were doing a lot of like kind of sketch work and like filming different things and I yeah. was doing that. I did like two or three of them and I was like, this is too much fucking work. Yeah. Like I want a microphone and I want a PA system and I want to tell jokes. I want to tell stories. Yeah. I don't like this like because like you said, even that one little and that's you it know feels weird. It you got to film weird. yourself, then you got to film the and, and then you got to cut it together, and then you you know, and then it's got to be seamless, and then oh god, it's yeah. just and I you know my hats off to him because we've talked about this before during the quarantine, like what other comics and people have been doing, and yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple that uh, there's another Orlando guy I know, I don't know if, I don't know if you met him, a guy named Jeff Wright. He's now he's now a writer for Seth Seth Myers. Oh really? Yeah he 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 was doing tick he was doing pretty well on TikTok before, and then the lockdown happened. And then uh, some of his TikToks, uh, you know, where they do, where they uh, people sync over, like they, they basically like it's your sketches, your words, but they're like mouthing to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was J Lo yeah. and and Alex Rodriguez mouthing over to his sketch. Get out of here! I, no, yeah. So that that made it to like all the late night shows and everything. And then people are like, who's this guy? Where J Lo and A Rod are, yeah. are? And so now he's a writer for Seth Meyers. That's and awesome. We, pro- we probably give, I, I, I give it about maybe two years. It'll probably end up on SNL or something. Yeah. You know, see, and that's insane to me because I, I went through a real bad, like lull during the quarantine and depression because I'm, not very good at the sketch thing. I'm not very good. Like yeah. I like to, I like to do my work on stage. Like they're, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I'm watching some of these other people do it and I'm being the biggest fucking hypocrite in the world. Cause I'm looking at it and I'm like, 
I mean, I guess it's okay. It doesn't seem like yeah. that great. And then all of a sudden they're blowing up and I've got nothing but respect for the fact that they can do that. I just, it's not a muscle I've ever worked really. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, then I was getting more and more, not jealous or upset because I love the fact that they're doing well. Yeah. But in my mind, uh, the competitive nature in my mind, I go, well, if they're all getting better, that means you're getting worse. Yeah. Or, or, or it's, it's, it's the, it's the, the thing where you get upset is like because they get to thrive in an element that they're good at. Yeah. And the element you're good at, you don't get the chance to because yeah. of everything going wrong. Because everything was shut down. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it's almost like it's like having like two sprinters, but one likes to run in water. But guess what? There's no water. It's only yeah. sand. And the guy who trains <laughs> in sand is like, it's so much sand. You yeah. know, so that's, that's what actually a good way to look at it. Yeah, because I was I remember you and I talked about it a few months ago. I was getting really down because I was kind of like, we can't. So in the state of Florida, we got locked down. Everything was shut down. And then about three months into quarantine, they lifted the lockdown and we started doing comedy again. And you headlined uh, the show at Eclipse. And then the next week, I oh no, I headlined the show at Eclipse. And so that was um, that was really cool. But then there was a second spike. Yeah. And everything kind of shut, shut down, down again. again. Yeah. Which was infuriating because. Yeah. You had done the show, and then the next week I had done the show, and then everything was just kind of stopped again. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, well, how long is this going to last? And then that lockdown ended up lasting another three months, I think. Because uh, we did that show oh, in yeah, July. Only, yeah, yeah, towards the end of July. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the lockdown was lifted again, and then we could do comedy. Now we're doing comedy again, but I just remember thinking, like, because I was, everyone who listens to the podcast know I was supposed to be in New York April 1st. Yeah. Like, we had a big going away show planned. And oh, yeah. I made sure that Savannah and I had found a place where we could, like, fit a futon so you guys could all come up and visit. And we could all do shows in New York and have a great time. And then that was all kiboshed because of the coronavirus. When I know a lot more people have it way worse than that. But it's just, you know, circumstance. Yeah. But then I, I remember they took comedy away. And I know you feel the same way. I you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you and I have had this conversation where comedy means a lot to me. Like it's what I've done. Yeah. It's when I got sober, the one reason I not the one of the reasons why I didn't like go insane was because my sponsor said, well, you need to find something you're passionate about and pursue that. Yeah. Because I told him, I said, if I if it, my the rest of my life is going to be going to meetings, working two jobs and going to the gym, I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Which scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And he goes, well, don't you love comedy? And I said, yeah, but I had at this point I had done comedy in almost three years. Yeah. And he said, well, get back into that. And so comedy was a big catalyst for me kind of yeah. keeping my life on track. And then when it was taken away, I just remember being like, what? Yeah. And then we did that show at Eclipse. The very first show you were back, I yeah. came to. Yeah. And I thought you were going to murder everyone in the audience. Oh yeah, I was had like a nervous breakdown. Uh, well, because because it, it was we were, <laughs> we were like we were in the, well, it was. Uh, it was uh it was a it was a factor thing. It was it was the whole lockdown thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh it was first time first time on the show and I'm closing out. Mm -hmm. And then uh and then at, at the same time that's when that's when we were at the height of the George Floyd protests and stuff. Yep. So it was all that stuff. It was like just just a shit cocktail and uh a shit cocktail. Yeah, dude. And then and the crazy thing was um I like we both we both revered comedy in the same way like like for you it was tied to your sobriety to yeah. some extent and then for me it for i'm not i'm a single dude i don't have kids you know 35 
So it was like, this was my baby. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, someone had taken my baby from me type of thing. And yeah, because so, I mean, you've well, you've been doing this a long yeah, time. Well, yeah, my like ba- my baby's in middle school now. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like so. <laughs> Hold my baby. Hold my baby. Um, the uh, but then it was weird though. Then I had a weird. I had a weird like, like I had to come to grips with something. Like I'm like after after June when everything went shut down again, I was like, oh crap, I may I may actually lose comedy. So like I have to I have to invest in something else. And so that's when, like, that's when I started, like, spending more time with family. I I already been doing that. Yeah. But then that's when the picking, I started doing the picking stuff. So I started getting into that. And then, um, then shows started to open up again. And that was cool. And, uh, like, I have, like, I have, like, ideas for what I want to do where I tie the two worlds together. Yeah. Um, which is cool. But, like, that, I, I honestly, like, between, like, being a delivery driver and, like, uh, picking, it's it just, like, kind of gave me, it was weird. I never thought I would, I would like, I found purpose by yeah. buying your old shit, you know? Like, <laughs> But, I mean, you came up with, I mean, I've seen you on stage because, full disclosure, that Eclipse show, like you said, you had kind of a nervous breakdown on or yeah. a mental breakdown on stage where you were, because like you said, we hadn't done comedy in months. There yeah. was the height of the protests. There were riots. And yeah. a lot of people were really upset. And then you put it perfectly when you got on stage. You said something to the effect of, what do you want me to do? Come up here and talk about how I have no neck. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah. Which actually summed it up perfectly. It's like, why yeah. am I going to come up here and do these like jokes yeah. and tell these like fun stories to make you laugh when the world is burning all around us? Yeah. Um, and then Marcus, I was laughing because I love to watch Marcus yeah. in his real. I think moments. the only, I think the only people were laughing were like the you and Will and and like I was Baker there, was Stephen Baker there? No, he wasn't at that one. Okay, there was there was a couple other comics, but that was it. Everyone else was like, we are horrified right now. Well, just so everyone knows, <laughs> I was la- and I was trying to sit like in the audience so I can actually pay attention, and I was laughing to the point where Marcus pointed me out to the rest of the crowd and said, "Look at him, he's laughing, and he could choke fucking kill all of you." <laughs> Yeah. To the a, audience, that was a very aggressive set. Yeah, um, it was fun though. Yeah. But um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but Working yeah, a lot of demons, dude. <laughs> you well, you've had so I've seen your set since then, and the delivery stuff and some of the picking stuff is hilarious. Like the stories you tell about, you know, I know where you live, and like that kind of like in the yeah. you know the PPE and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. and that's all came out of what's happening. Yeah, it, it was cool because I was worried uh, coming out of lockdown that I, I was just only gonna, I was gonna be a veteran comic with only my old material and yeah. nothing new, and I've done I've done a, quite a bit of shows like I just headline like headline headline I I did like almost an hour oh uh, awesome yeah and uh, it was like I didn't there was some stuff I didn't do and I like I you know I, I was reading the crowd they told me I can go forty five plus yeah and uh, I I did forty five and then. I could see the crowd was getting a little tuckered out because they had like three guest spots or something like that. Oh man! Yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and so I I went up there and but I I didn't I, I didn't realize looking back at my nose how how much new stuff I have. Yeah. Um, I got like I got a new variation. I got a new addition to the my uncle stuff. I got I did I, I worked on some actual picking jokes like jokes about picking, um, the DoorDash stuff. Um, the stuff about missing boobs during the <laughs> lockdown. Yeah. The, the, and I was like, oh, that's like almost 15 minutes of new stuff that yeah. I have in my set. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. That So that was like reassuring for me. Yeah. And it's weird too, because so when I went up um, in the middle of the pandemic, I went up to Dayton to do the show. Yeah. And I did 
exactly what you were talking about. I was someone who had been in comedy, yeah. but only had old material. Yeah. And I did the old material, and I talked about it on the podcast, um, I think, two weeks ago, and I bombed. It yeah. was horrific. And I even texted you, and I was like, I want to quit comedy. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you'll get him next time, champ. Get him next time, champ. But um, that's also a callback. Marcus has a joke. Uh, but uh, I, And then I did Veterans. Um, I did like a 20-minute set of Veterans, um, I think a week or two ago. And I was like, after what happened at Dayton, I'm just going to do new material. Like, yeah. I'm just going to do stuff I've written during yeah. the lockdown. And if it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. They can't. Yeah, hurt me because I just bombed in front of my family. Like yeah. Bernie Mac says, like I'm not fucking scared of you. Yeah, and so I went out there and I I did the the new stuff and it, most of it worked. I mean, you were at the show. A lot of it worked. Yeah. Even the stuff that I thought was going to be too intense. Yeah, about you know. Uh, yeah, that was actually that was actually really cool to see because like you were very sure that you were going to eat a dick. Yeah, and, I, uh, I even said yeah. I said to you before yeah. the show, I said I don't care. I'm going to bomb, and I do not care. I'm trying all this new material, yeah. and it actually went really well. Um, you know, I didn't knock the crowd out, but it's all. It was the first time I had said yeah, any of I mean, it on stage. You, you didn't you didn't bomb by any means or even come close to it. So, yeah, like that was. I was like, oh fuck it, dude. You yeah, know? and so that was that was kind of a win, but yeah, I I just remember thinking like. Oh, so we were still because all those new stuff you had written and then I had written some new stuff. I was like, oh, so even though we weren't like, you know, getting hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and TikTok and yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff, we're still we were still working. Yeah. It's just a different like process. You said, it's is a different. different. Yeah. It's yeah. a different. Our kind process of thing. doesn't have the same payout. Yeah. That's the, I literally think that's, I think, the yeah. monetary. Yeah. Payout. That's, very, that's very true. I don't know, man. Uh, I've I think I've only done one show where I didn't get paid. So of all the shows I've done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Since you've been back. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's it what's awesome. cool what's cool is because um I don't know where your 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 listeners are based out of, but like in Florida, um we're we're at phase three, which is like basically everything's kind of open yeah. right now. Uh but before that, when I first started doing shows, we were still in end of phase one, uh, going, going into, into phase, phase two. two yeah. And there's still even with phase three, there's still a lot of like veteran comedians that don't want no part of any shows a because they're old and they're co immune compromised or whatever the case or they live with people who are and so a lot of the bookers were looking at veteran comics you know comics that were rocketing on the scene before lockdown yeah and like they're basically like well this person doesn't want to do it this one oh, oh crespo's doing crespo's yeah. back at it and stuff and so i just it, it, shows just started getting thrown at me again it was weird yeah and that's awesome because um Anybody listening who uh, follows any kind of comedy, um, you have to realize that comedy is a lot like the wrestling scene where there's the big names that everyone's heard of. Mm -hmm. But then there's independent circuits all over the country. So people can be, you know, professional wrestlers and something you've never heard of in like the middle of Indiana. Yeah. But they're still professionals. And that's the same kind of thing with comedy where there's people who can travel and make a living headlining shows at, you know, bars and different clubs and smaller clubs and stuff like that. And they'll never have a Netflix special. No one will ever know who they are, but they make good money just doing that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's going back to wrestling. There's like there's jobbers. There's re job basically guys who are who are paid to lose. Yeah. You know, one of the most famous jobbers was a guy named the Brooklyn Brawler. A guy named Steve Lombardi. He, he I think he he worked with WWE, WWF slash WWE for I'm wanting to say over 20 years. Um, the average fan. The average fan doesn't know who he is, uh, but pr most wrestling fans know who he is. He 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 was. They call him enhancement talent. Yeah, you know, send him out there. He knows the he knows his way around the ring. Make the this this guy they're trying to push look good, 
and he loses every night. And but he he's collected a steady paycheck on WWE's dime yeah. for twenty years. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame. I think really they, they elected him into the Hall of that's Fame. That's awesome. Like that's a I honestly I'm like that's the thing. And I was like the weird compromise. Like, do I want to do I care about being a big star? I don't know. I don't know if I have big star appeal. You know, and like yeah. just looks and stuff. I gotta be. I gotta be honest with myself. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't mind being the Brooklyn Brawler. You yeah, know I mean? just <laughs> collecting a steady paycheck from yeah, comedy, just for, doing what I love, man. Yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing about it because I, the way I always um, said it, and I've said this to you before, was that the reason why I do comedy is not to be like famous. Like I've told Savannah, my girlfriend, this is that if I can just replace the income I make working at the restaurants with stand up, I'd be happy. Because I just I'm the kind of person where I'm like I've have so much to say and I've kind of been through some shitty situations. Yeah. That if I can make other people laugh about that and see that maybe it's not as bad as they thought it was or everything's gonna work out, that's all I want to do. I just want to show people that it's gonna be okay. Like it doesn't matter what's going on. Like we'll get through it. Yeah. And that's kind of like one of my big passions with comedy is it's like I don't. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to be on This Is Not Happening and tell the story about how I got the scar on my forehead yeah. by cutting myself open to yeah. prove a point. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But again, it's one of those things where it's not – like, that's not why I do it. Like, if someone hears a story about the scars on my body and stuff and they go, hey, you know, I, I used to do that or, you know, you really made me laugh at that and I didn't think that's something I could laugh yeah. at, that's that's a win. Yeah. Um. We're, what, what's the next show you're doing? Do you know? Uh, the next show I'm doing is going to be October 16th at Hyperion. It's okay. a Friday. Oh, great. Yeah, I think I'm on. I'm on the November one. Are you? But the, but the, one of the things is, uh, I I'm not sure if you uh, how many shows you've done in between. I've done uh, three shows now since we okay. came back. Uh, one of the things that I've I've liked lately because I've I've done a stretch of them out of town is like uh, because everyone's been locked down, like crowds that would normally kind of tense up about certain material. Yeah, they're they're just they're just having fun. Like I did a, I did a two very kind of uppity. Venues like one was a, the supper, a supper club, club which I is saw, yeah, it's like billionaires that. that eat there yeah, and yeah. stuff, and then the other one was like at a at a Marriott, like a Marriott uh uh conference room, yeah, you know, and it's like we stuff. do comedy everywhere, people, yeah, baby, and and both both the you know like Sperry boat shoe yacht club <laughs> owner people, and and you know the, you know the stuff I joke about, oh yeah, and the the other comics, the one the one one girl showed up and wearing like uh like. A jumpsuit, like with their stomach hanging out and their boobs. It was, it was insane. Like very, like they shouldn't be into what we were talking about, but because they had been locked down for so long, they're just like, I'm happy to be out at a live yeah. event, you know, that type of thing. So that's what, that's the only adverse, I won't say only, but that's one of the best adverse uh, uh, side effects of this whole lockdown is people appreciate comedy a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, they're willing to get past like certain triggers and shit like that, you know. Yeah, and I, I noticed that too when I did um I I added a new uh segment to the joke I have about looking like a cop and the thing I talk about is going to um the Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah. And I remember when I wrote it, because it's a true story yeah. about going, and I remember when that when it happened, I was like, Oh, I have to talk about this on stage. Yeah. But then I just remember thinking like, I can't say, I can't look the way I look as a, you know, six foot one, 200 something pound straight white male. And I can't say the words on stage, black lives matter in a jokey, like as a comic, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just saying those are all triggers. Like, why is this white yeah. person on a stage? Who's a comedian talking about something so serious? Yeah. 
And I didn't think I could say any of that. Yeah. But it was a true story of something that happened. And it wasn't negative or derogatory in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it's self-deprecating. It's negative yeah. towards me. So I did it. And I was so nervous the first time I did it. And I did it. And I've got one tag in there that's kind of subtle that you have to be listening for to catch. And Will Blaylock, a good friend of ours, oh, caught it, it yeah. and loved it. And I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool. And then when I finished the joke, everyone in the crowd kind of laughed. or They laughed at it. And it worked. And I was like... Yeah. Like to your point, I was like, oh, OK, like I'm overthinking this because I was so conditioned before to try and do this material that everyone was OK with. No, but see, here's the thing is um, that's what that's the that's the beauty about comedy. It's a lot of people talk about it and say, like, I think you could joke about anything. And honestly, I, I do. I think you could joke about anything. You just got to reformat how you go about you basically have to trojan horse a, a topic yeah uh it, to the audience's mind yeah uh, basically you basically had to go around your elbow to get to your ass but you still being six foot one 215 to 20 pound whatever uh white male you did a black lives matter joke yeah however you however you want to yeah i mean i guess that. when you frame it like that yeah, yeah you, you still did it and 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 but it just wasn't direct and it didn't come off condescending yeah. It came out more genuine because you had to kind of go a different route to yeah. get to the same, you know, punchline. Well, and that's the thing, too, is the 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 fact that it's a, it's a true story. I think the audience because you know as well as I do that the audience can sense when you're full of shit. Oh, yeah. So the fact that it's a true story and it actually happened, I yeah. think that that got a lot of people on board as well. Yeah, we never really deal with that because our lives are so intense. Yeah. Our lives. Have been, but there's a there's especially with some of the younger comics, sometimes you uh I, I know in Orlando there's a lot of very uh there's a lot of very performative comics. Um it's like they're like, uh, true story, this happened today. And you already know just the fact that it's a true story. Yeah. That it, this whole story's full of shit. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just some bit. You know? Well, and it's weird too, because we deal with some some of these guys that like get like will get really stoned or really drunk and then they'll get on stage and just start saying shit. And I know I've joked about it on stage before. Yeah. I'm like, you've never been punched in the face before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't just start saying these things. Because yeah. some of these little guys, little, like, guys and girls, um, it's more so guys, though. I don't know. It's yeah. just they're, like, 130 pounds soaking wet, like, yeah. string beans. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, so what's the deal with this? And then they'll just go into, like, yeah. races and genders. And, and I'm like, yeah. dude. Like you're going to come off the stage and someone's going to book you in the mouth and you're not going to you're going to it's going to break you in half like you can't just. But I think like when you and I get on stage and we tell these stories, people are like, oh, no, this really happened to this person. So, yeah, we can tell you're a broken soul. We can tell. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's just the uh, conviction in which we tell the story. So for sure. Definitely. You know, you got to You got to commit to it or else people are going to turn on you quickly. Yeah. I did want to ask you something because I do like to talk about old drinking stories on here. Okay. And if you're comfortable with telling the story about what happened to Daytona when you took the edibles. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, which edible story? I have a couple. <laughs> There's the one where I hosted an open mic on edibles. Well, which, yeah, tell them, tell them both. Tell them all. Oh, what well, do you the, I mean, the, 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 the open mic one was uh, basically I was at a friend's house and we were getting ready to go get some pizza. But I was starving. I was starving. And she's like, she went to go take a shower, and it was that Rhonda, that Rhonda, yeah, Rhonda. okay, and, you know. And when she said, "I want, I have to go take a shower," like deep down, I'm like, oh, maybe you should go, because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, just pervy shit. But no, but I was like, well, cookies. She says about cookies, and I'm like, fuck yeah, cookies. And I didn't know that she meant like Oreos in the cabinet. 
Yeah. Because uh, he had a, like chocolate chip cookies in a bag. You know, okay. I, yeah, and 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 the guy she's seeing has kids, so I just assumed they were like lunch cookies that that weren't eaten yet. Yeah, they like made the cookies and then put them in a plastic yeah. bag. And so I ate all of them, and then <laughs> <laughs> I ate all the cookies. <laughs> I ate <laughs> just the way you go. I ate all of them. I ate all those cookies, and then it was gummies. Like they were all melted, so I peeled half of the block of melted gummies and ate that and then there was this uh like caramel popcorn and it was fantastic and i ate like half the bag of that it was like it was in a, it was a little sandwich bag yeah. ate half of that bag all of that was edibles all of it had all of weed it, in it all of it and i got ripped i got super weird we went to the pizza place and they were like <laughs> laughing because I, I was the way i was eating it almost looked like my j- bottom jaw didn't work or something they were laughing about that That's and then they, awesome. i think there's a video on facebook somewhere where they're like talking to me i'm like i don't know if my hands and my mouth are connected or something <laughs> i was saying it's weird and then what happened was uh she's like we have to do something you get, aren't you hosting a show tonight and i was like yeah and then uh I googled how not to be high no mo. Oh uh, my it was god! A, it was a, that's a, I was literally in my phone as that. Yeah, and um, apparently like extreme cold and pain, pain jolts. Yeah. shocks your nervous system. So like it shocks. So that's that's what that's what we're reading. So I basically slapped myself and wore a cold pack on my neck for like 15 miles because I had to drive to the, the open mic. Yeah. So I was like slapping myself on I-4. I was basically Edward Norton Edward Norton in uh, fight clubbing myself for Just, 15 yeah. miles. I get there. I don't even remember the show. I don't even remember. And then I had to drive back to Jacksonville that Jesus night. Christ. Yeah, dude. That's insane. Yeah, that was... And then... Uh, so that's that's one. Uh, and then there was another one where um, there's a... There's a, there's a uh, a good friend in, in, in the Daytona area that works at a dispensary. And uh, she's been known to bring edibles to uh, Tiernanog. Yeah. Which and, is a show in Daytona they do yeah. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. And I uh, love it's a it's a cool spot. Um, But she I didn't know because it was someone's birthday. So they had birthday cake. Well, I didn't know that she brought Rice Krispie treats that were that were uh, special Rice Krispie treats. So I had a couple slices of the birthday cake. And then I was like, oh, these are Rice Krispie treats. And no Why one answered me. Some, and yeah. I had uh, four. I had four of them. <laughs> I had four Rice Krispie treats. And I got, and I had already uh, planned. I, I wore tearaway pants because uh, there's this guy named Sean Robbins who were in an air metal band called Wolvernaut. It's just, it's so weird. Uh, and so he was supposed to show up because it was also his birthday, I think. And I was going to rip my pants off and do a birthday dance. Well, he showed up. He got there way late. And I am blitzed now at this point. And he shows up. And I'm like, oh, I got to take my pants off. So (laughs) out of complete context, no one knows what's going on. You're high on edibles. And you just say, I got to take my pants off. And then they're like, what? What? And then I was like, (laughs) and then Aaron, you know, Aaron uh, Gray, she she was like, do it and so and i was i was like and as soon as you get the verification from a female in the area you're like oh it's cool then and i rip off i rip off my pants and now i'm just (laughs) walking around in these fucking tight nut hugging little boy short looking things like they had wolverine on them didn't they no they had a fucking pink unicorn on the dick Uh, there you go 
And so walking around, stumbling, holding my tearaway pants still, just stumbling around. And I, 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 I go to talk to Aaron and she goes, Hey, that, that girl right there has been like, like looking at you like this whole time. I'm like, really? With no pants on. With no pants on. on. And she's like, go talk to her. And I'm like, all right. And I go, <laughs> and I go in and talk to her. And now I, I, I just start talking to this girl and she's so cool because I talked to her for like an hour and a half with my balls basically hanging out these little Christ. baby pants. And then she laughed because it took me 45 minutes to put the buttons back in the tearaways. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, un- I kept buttoning the wrong side. Yeah. So like the one leg, the left was leg was like connected long, to the right. Too oh, short, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh my God. That's awesome. Cause you don't, I've, known you for a while and you don't normally ever like drink or do anything like you're kind of because you you drive yourself a lot yeah. so a lot of times you're just like nah i'm, I'm driving i'm not going to drink or i'm not going to get fucked yeah. up you know the backstory now right no why why i was notoriously sober for so long no uh i was in i was in uh in high school i was in a group called sad you ever heard of that Students against drunk driving. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what okay, happened? I think yeah. Tell think, the story okay. for the listeners, but you have okay. yeah. You so have basically, this 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 is gonna get sad. Cute violins. <laughs> no, but basically, uh, when I was in high school, uh, there was a, a friend of ours who uh, whose parents were, I guess, in the cusp of a divorce, and they argued a lot. And he was in a youth group, and one one particular night, that they were really getting getting to it, and he just stormed out. He took he basically like, I'll, I'm going to youth group, so he got on his bike. Uh, pedaled to youth group. He was on the sidewalk, and a drunk driver took him out. Jesus. And I had, and, and basically had to go to that funeral. And the mom's like throwing herself in a casket, that whole, all yeah. that, you know, like take me instead. Like it was traumatizing. And so I joined uh, Students Against Drunk Driving after that. And so, like, so I was uh, like that. And I don't know if you ever remember to hurt. Like the reason why they do drugs was you. You heard about the story about Lynn Bias. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the, where he did cocaine once, supposedly yeah, he died yeah. of a heart attack or yes, something. Yeah. So between that, those I two- do ho- I do host a sports podcast, Marcus. I know who yeah. I'm biased. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, the listeners may not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Len Bias was drafted by the Celtics <laughs> in the '80s. Tried cocaine once um, after he was drafted and died. And he was supposed to save the Celtics and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he died from a heart attack from trying cocaine one time. And he was a premier athlete. And I was a fat kid in middle school. I'm like, <laughs> you know, if I do coke, I'm dead. I'm done, done. I don't know, man. I was pretty chubby when I did all my coke. And I, I made it Maybe out, that's right. the key. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you need Get to be out of shit. Hey, keep up. Yeah. So you joined SAD. And then that's why. You- yeah. It, so it was just like. I would, you know, my thing is like, I was like, if I'm going to party, I'm going to be the, the designated driver. Yeah. You know, that type. So it kind of, it kind of fucked me up though, in a sense, cause it kind of screwed my social life up. Cause I, you know, no one gets to do the fun drunk hookups when you're no one, I'm the only one sober. Yeah. Added it to the equation. Then it becomes like, oh, I'm sober. She's not. Then it's like, then that's, yeah. Then, yeah. Sure to so, cross some lines. So for the, for the longest time, I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't drink. And then one time I went to an amusement park, we went to like Universal. And I had like a mixed cocktail. Yeah. And I whatever was in it um, react. You know how like some liquor reacts to people certain ways. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm very like, aware. Tequila makes me want to fight. Well, whatever was in there made me very angry. Yeah. I was like, I was not a fun drunk, and so I was like, oh great, now I'm an angry. Uh, when I drink, I'm, I'm an angry You're person. An angry guy, that's the yeah. last thing I need. So I didn't touch the stuff for years. Yeah. You know. I See, mean, and I, that's because I've we do a lot of shows together and stuff, and I just. 
you just never drink and we never yeah. see you drink. And it's weird because there are some comics we're around where they're like housed. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they get there and they'll like pound like five beers right when they get there because their girlfriend's going to drive or they're going to Uber. Yeah. Or they'll just be like, whatever. I live right down the street. And to me, it's so bizarre because some the comics who I, I see around me that take it very seriously, you know, you, Buck, uh, Ziola, like they don't I don't ever really see you guys drink ever because yeah. we're working. Yeah. Like this is this is work for us. Like yeah. it's still fun, but still we're trying to accomplish something. Yeah. And then there's guys who and you well, know, they're, they're hobbyists. Yeah. And they just want to go out and have a good time, which I completely understand. But yeah, it's just it's bizarre because when I came back, I was completely sober and then I was always around. And it's so weird because I'd go to like meetings and stuff. I can't really tell you about the meetings because they're anonymous, but I would go to other things and people would be like, how do you do shows at bars? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like the people I associate with in comedy in Jacksonville, none of them drink. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not yeah, really we, that yeah. big of a deal. The Jack scene is, was, has always been a notoriously uh, sober scene. Yeah. You know? Which I actually, I guess being sober now, I kind of enjoy. But then there have been times. I remember when I relapsed um, back in like 2013, 14. Oh, I was 14 at the time. And I went to a couple of shows before I kind of fell off the map completely. And I would just kind of get hammered and because um, I know Dan has openly admitted he's done this, too, um, where we just get wasted and like try and do open mics. Oh, Dirty Dan? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And hey, didn't, it, we, didn't we bully him in the sobriety one time? I don't know. I, I'm going to I'm going to see if he wants to come on the podcast and talk about it. I don't want to talk about anybody out of school. Um, <laughs> I just know because the reason I stopped doing I can only speak for myself. The reason why I stopped yeah. doing comedy was because. When I lived in Oklahoma City with my cousin and I was doing comedy up there, I was drinking like every day and it was just bad. Yeah. And I, so when I got here, I was kind of like, I've got, I had developed too much of a respect for comedy after doing yeah. it in South Florida, then Oklahoma, where I was kind of like, I don't want to get on stage and be bad. Yeah. So I just was like, well, I just won't do shows. And I'd randomly yeah. like text. I told you this. I'd randomly like text Buck at like two in the morning, like once every six months and be like, I'm ready to get back into comedy, like wasted out of my mind. And he's like, yeah, still doing rain dogs. Come by rain dogs. Yeah. And I just wouldn't show up. But it's really cool because when I came back into the scene, like I said, you just because you, you still really I've only think I've ever seen you have a drink one time. And that was at Will's wedding. Oh, yeah. And that was. That's yeah, the only- it's, it's there's so few far between. Uh, there's uh, there's a there's I went to a comedian's like a comedian only like a Halloween party yeah. or something a couple years ago, and that's like that's most of those comedians only recollects of me ever getting like fucking shit faced because I stayed the night I stayed yeah. the night and they made me rummy bears, uh, which is gummy bears soaked in rum. Yes, dude, and I had like almost the whole bowl. Uh, and like, I got, I got pretty blitzed and, yeah. uh, I ended up, I ended up falling asleep at a pool chair by the pool. I, I slept <laughs> outside that night. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, oh man. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Marcus. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, do you have any shows coming up? Yeah. Uh, well next week I got, I got, um, plug whatever you want to plug. This is going to so come yeah, out tomorrow. I'm actually doing, I'm actually doing a tin roof again. Are you? This will be the third show at tin roof under the third different booker. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, they don't ask me to book that anymore, but, uh, I'm doing tin roof. Uh, I'm doing That's in Rob, Orlando. Rob Roick is, I think it's called Tiki lounge. Rob Roick's doing an open mic. He wanted me to close out. And then I'm doing a show in Orlando at the Hinau art center. Okay. And Shaw, Shaw Smith putting together. Okay. Awesome. That was a very last minute one. But yeah, I'm doing that all next week. So. All right. Well, let people know. Uh, plug all your stuff one more time. I know you hate to do it, but just do it because this will come out tomorrow. Okay.
Go ahead, plug okay. all your stuff. Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing the tin roof in Orlando, Florida, at uh, Point Point Orlando, basically where there's a Ferris wheel that's right behind it, basically that big eye, I think they call it. Uh, and then I'm doing a show at the Tiki Lounge. I think it's in Port Orange, Florida. Uh, it's uh, open mic with Rob Roick, and I'm closing out. And then uh, next Friday, I'm doing a show at the I can't I'm not going to pronounce it right, but the Hinal uh, <laughs> Contemporary Arts Center. We're doing a show there. And it's a that that lineup is sick. Yeah, Who's on that? Uh, just just off memory, it's uh, me, Ross Paget, uh, oh, Christoph Jean, um, yeah. Shaw. I, I, right, I, I, yeah, a lot of good comics. Yeah, dude, some beasts. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, follow him uh, at Crespo Besto, uh, Marcus Crespo Besto at, Instagram. All right, and everyone. Follow me, uh, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. And I will see everybody next week.